So, today is yet another wonderful day that we get to praise the King of, our, uh, of uh, He who has created us, He who gave us life. And um, this morning we will continue with our last fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Um, we have spent the last uh, f- about four and a half months going through the fruits of the Spirit and um, we've learned quite a few things. We've also uh, understood from Philippians 1 verse 11 that um, these fruits are given to us by Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of the Lord, the Father. So it's not us who's doing it, it's Him who's in us, working through us. And it's been quite a key understanding that actually it's not us. Yes, we um, uh, involved in this world, this life that he's given us, but it's actually him, the, the, the son, giving these fruits to us so that we can praise God, the Father, bring praise to him. Uh, but then there's a job that we need to, to, um, to do, to adhere to, and that job is that we are to yield to him, because if we don't yield to him, then we can't exhibit these uh, fruits. We also learned that the first three fruits uh, are towards self. So love, joy, peace is about self. The second three fruits are directed towards others horizontally. That um, long-suffering, kindness, and goodness towards others. It's not towards the first three, it's about towards us, self, internally, and so the next three are towards others. So me towards you, you towards me. And then the last three are directed toward God vertically. Faithfulness, gentleness, and of course, self-control. So Galatians 5.22 speaks about the fruit. And it says this, that, uh, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now today we're looking at self-control. We've uh, I've appreciated uh, the, the, those fruits in my life I've, as I've uh, worked through uh, the, the Word, trying to understand, trying to see how does it practically impact me? How does it look in my, in my life? Because uh, it's nice to read that they're there, but how do they actually work out in my life, my day-to-day life? Um, and... Um, I get the privilege of having to share the last one today. And so self-control, before we get going, self-control can be applied to all the fruit of the Spirit in the same way it is applied to patience. Displaying self-control is often a matter of responding versus a matter of reacting. So self-control is us responding to something rather than reacting to something. One who is self-controlled will respond in a way that he or she needs to respond. But one who's not uh, doesn't have the self-control that, that this, this fruit uh, reacts, and you would know where you fall in that in that category in your life. When we react to a situation, we let our emotions take control. We're more likely to become defensive and say hurtful things. Now, so. 
one who is self-controlled is able to respond rather than react. But you can't, you can't respond uh, rather than react if the Holy Spirit is not working in you. So the question we have to ask this morning is, what is self-control? What is self-control? And to understand and to get to the, to the answer to what is self-control, we need to understand what it is so we can, we can kind of see how it applies to our lives. Um, but we need to get, go back. So um, we need to understand that the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control are the change in our character that comes about because of the Holy Spirit working us. So those fruits come in us, in our character, in our lives, because of the Holy Spirit working in us. They don't come because of a mystical thing that's happening and we want that. or we No, no, they come as the Holy Spirit works in us. Um, it's Him in us. It's Him doing His work in us. Remember, we are being transformed daily to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. That is what we are, we are becoming like Him. And as we're in this world, we're in this world, but not of the world. And so as we go out and show the world uh, who we are, we need to be showing the world Jesus in us. And so as the Holy Spirit, as we yield to Him, He works out these fruits in us, and we are able to respond rather than react in situations. We're able to love rather than hate. We're able to have patience other than um, not having patience. But that is, naturally, it's not, it's not us. It's the Holy Spirit in us. See, when we, we um, become Christians, we don't become Christians on our own. The Word says it's Him who draws us unto Himself. It was Him. It wasn't the good preaching, the good message, or the good friends, or the... No, no, it was the Holy Spirit, God Himself, through the Spirit, who wooed us unto, unto Himself. And then He changed us. And as He changed us, the, the transformation work, that, that uh, salvation point, that was justification. At that point, we were saved. We were forever will be in the presence of God when we uh, leave this, this earth. And then we continue with the process of sanctification. That's the day to day. And this is what we're talking about now. How do we exhibit these fruits? As we yield to the Holy Spirit and He works His sanctification process in us. Because I was like this a year or two ago. Now I'm not, no longer like that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is doing a work in me. Doing a work in us. But I am allowing Him to do that. I am giving Him room to do that. I am having to do what I need to do so that he can work in me, so I can present him more well to the world. Because that's that one statement that uh, we've, I'm sure we've all heard and um, the world says, ah, these Christians, they are so full of beans. Or they say this thing, but they mean the other. They behave like this. You know, practice what you preach. I will preach to you and then I behave differently when I'm, away from you, whatever the case is. No, no. Uh, where we are able to preach the word of God in sincerity and truth and live it out is by the help of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it by yourself. In fact, if you try to do it by yourself, you are going to fail. In fact, you will become 
uh, internal. You look at yourself. I, oh, I'm doing this. Actually, no, that's not you. Because Philippians 2.13 says that it is God who works, who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. His good pleasure. So the goodness that we do, the stuff that we do, the, the, the exhibiting of the fruit of the Spirit, it's God in us through His Spirit for the Father's glory and praise and His pleasure, as we see in Philippians, for His pleasure. Uh, pleasure. Every good thing we do is the fruit of the Spirit work in our lives. It's not you. It's not me. It's the fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. But our job is to yield to Him. Our job is to look to Him. Our job is to identify where we are maybe falling short and saying, God, I cannot, I'm supposed to, I can't do this. Father, I need your help. And He comes and He helps. And as He helps, He glorifies the King of Kings. And he, uh, then we are able to present Jesus on earth as we ought to. Because we are still humans, aren't we? We are still on a journey. We are being transformed, like I said, daily, daily into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. See, self-control is, of course, the ability to control oneself. Right? Self-control, control oneself. I mean, it's quite easy. It's quite simple. Um, it involves constraint the, and the ability to say no. The ability to say no. How many people battle? How many of you battle to say no? Oh, the chocolate looks so good. No. <laughs> how many of how the world is battling to say no? Self-control is the ability to control oneself. It is the constraint, the ability to say no to our our somewhat evil and wrong desires, our fleshly desires. We know that if we let our flesh rise up in us, uh, there will be disaster. We'll see what I mean by that now. So it's the desire and the ability to say no. For me to be able to sincerely say no can only happen because the Holy Spirit is working in my life. Working in our lives, we cannot do it by ourselves. We can try, we can try, and you try. Yes, you succeed today, tomorrow, you try again. Ah, I do it the third time, it's just too much, and you give in. Oh, then repentance is needed, and all. Then the cycle just actually we yield to Him, and He helps us. And as He helps us, so then God is glorified. So then we praise Him. Oh, I was able to do this, I praise Him, and God gets the glory. Um, and kind of one, of one of the proofs that God is working in, in our lives is the ability to control our own thoughts or the ability to, to um, as the word says, to take our thoughts captive. Take them captive. There was someone who once said that uh, you can't control what comes into your, your mind, your, your, your thought life. You cannot, it happens, but... Uh, and they use the analogy that you can't control if a bird comes and, you know, helps himself on your, on your head, drops one on your head. 
But you can help if that bird comes and actually camps and, and rests on your head. And you entertain that. So it builds a nest on your head. It's the same with our thoughts. You can't, things happen. All thoughts come. But you, can't, you cannot control some of those things. But it's actually our responsibility to take those thoughts, if they are not godly, to take them captive and submit them to God. But that can only happen again if you are yielding to the Holy Spirit. If you allow Him to work in and through you. Um, it is um, the ability to control our words. That I know some people battle to control uh, their words. We battle to control. So sometimes you're angry and just words start coming out. The wrong words start coming out. The ability to control that is because you are being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And you're yielding to him. You cannot control your thoughts. You cannot control your words without the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, you cannot sometimes control your actions. You just react. Remember, so if, um, um, we, we discussed in self-control is the difference between responding and reacting. When you're yielding to the Spirit of God, you're able to respond. When you're not yielding to the uh, Spirit of God, you uh, often just um, react rather than respond. And you see, um, it's not that we are naturally evil or weak world, but Romans 6, 6 says that our fallen nature is under the influence of sin. Remember, we are in this world, but not of this world. And so if we are in this world, we are still subject to the things that happen around us in this world. And so our, um, our fallen nature is still subject, is under the influence of sin. And the Bible calls that being a slave to sin, as Romans 6 tells us. I like this definition of sin. It says, sin is filling a legitimate need through illegitimate means. Filling a legitimate need, so it's legitimate, but you fill it through an illegitimate way or means. And see, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we are incapable of knowing and choosing how to best meet our needs. Even if we do, even if we know, what would be best, such as perhaps not smoking? We know that it's a health concern. It's not good for you. And then you try and you stop. But then as soon as you stop, another need comes up. Like com- uh, comfort that comes up and takes precedence in your, in your life. Something else comes up and wants to enslave you again. You have kind of walked away from the slavery of maybe smoking or whatever the, the, the issue is, and you've subjected, uh, you, you've killed that. And as soon as you do that, something else comes and wants to enslave you again. Why? Because there's a battle with, between the flesh and the spirit. Because we're in the world, but not of the world. See, when you are saved by Christ, he sacrificed on the cross, we are free. The word of God says that we are free. The day that we give our hearts to him, the day that he accepted us as sons and daughter, we became free. Galatians 5.1 tells us this. And this liberty includes, among other things, freedom from sin. 
freedom from sin. How many, how many of us believe that, this, that, we, that we should have freedom from sin? The world just... Sin is just glorified. And it's so difficult not to be a part of the world where sin is glorified. Because if you're not following the world, you're not part of the world. Well, guess what? You ain't a part of the world because you're from a different kingdom. You're in the kingdom of light. You were a part of the world, the kingdom of darkness. But now you're in the kingdom of light. You've been sanctified. You've been transformed. You've been changed daily. Your thoughts, your actions, your everything has been changed into the image and likeness of the Son, Jesus Christ. Why? So that as He exhibits these qualities, these fruits of the Spirit, that God the Father may get praise from who? You and I and others around us. And the world out there is asking, what, what is so different about you? Uh, it's not because I, I am so good or whatever the case. No, no, because the Father in me, the Father in me, uh, He is doing a work and He wants to be glorified through me. And He's given us the opportunity as His sons and daughters to do that. And so we, as we yield to Him, He does that. Uh, our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Romans 6, as I said, sin enslaves us to sin. The Spirit of God comes and gives us life, gives us freedom. We accept him, we follow him, and it seems, I mean, I often used to say that Christianity is a hard, hard road. And that's because I'm looking at the world. I'm looking, ah, look how they living, look how they this and that. And, and actually, uh, by God's grace, He uh, sh- kind of showed me that life is not about the things you accumulate. Life is not about the um, things that you have or what they're doing. And what's, life is about Him. Life is about this life in John 10, 10, Jesus says, I came to give life and life in abundance. What does that mean? Does it mean I get the, the, the dollars and I'm, I'm sorted? I've got... No, no, it means that there is a, I'm alive in my spirit. I'm able to speak to a um, situation and things happen because I am the son of the most high God. I've been given life and this life means actually one day when I do li- leave this life, I will be found for eternity in the presence of the Father. In the presence of the Father. So it's not even so much about hell and heaven. It's actually being in the presence of the Father. Those who do not know God and life ends on this earth will forever not be in the presence of the Father. And that's the biggest tragedy that life um, humans uh, will face actually being away from the presence of the father we sing about his presence we want more of him and more of this we actually want more of his presence want more of his qualities we want more we want to live like him but guess what as we desire those things he says that he's transforming us he's changing us he is making us more like him Um, and so take courage take heart that it is happening even though it might be slow even though it might Seem as it's taking long. It is happening. And you can look back in your life and you can testify and say, hey, that's changed. I used to be, I couldn't do that. Now I can do it to the glory and praise of God our Father.
See, us as believers need self-control. Because actually, the outside world and internal forces, as we just read, the flesh are still attacking us. They're pointing the finger at us. Ah, you said that. Ah, you behaved like that. Oh, did you do that? There are fingers being pointed at us. The world is forever pointing fingers at us. But we need, we as Christians, we as these children, we as who are called as his sons and daughters, need to be able to be, to understand that we are vulnerable. In the world we are vulnerable. And that's why we get together, so we can encourage one another, so that we can um, build up uh, defenses. You know, in the ancient city, apparently they used to have walls surrounding a city. And these walls were erected to protect the city. Um, I'd imagine it's like today in our complexes, we have complex living so that we can protect the inside. And um, these walls were a, a defense mechanism and it, there were, were judges who decided who was to come into the, into the city and who was, gonna, was meant to stay out. The judges decided that, but the, the gates and the officials are the ones who executed or enforced these uh, defense mechanisms. So, Henrik, you can come in. No, actually, you can't come in. You stay out. Um, and so these things were in place. We, we put these, they were put uh, as a self-defense for a city. And much like us, we get together. And as we get together, as we encourage one another, as we build these uh, self-defense mechanisms, is so that we can keep those things out that shouldn't be in. And we can let those in, the things that should be in, in. You can bring them in, but you know, but you are, you, you and the Holy Spirit are the gatekeepers. You're the gatekeepers. And so as you spend time with him, as you yield to him, as he shows you, yes, do that. Maybe some of those defenses might be that um, you avoid having close, super close relationships with unbelievers. Well, yes, we love the unbelievers. We, we need to go and, and, and show Christ to them. But there's a... There's a a sense that you, if you, what did I say? What a, a um, rotten one rotten apple makes all the apples rotten, and so there's a that maybe it could be you need to pull away from unbelievers to a degree. Uh, the, these um, defenses could mean that we get together, and as we get together, we praying, uh, or we hearing the word of God, or whatever the case might be. Um, and meditating on his life-giving word as we get together. Those are defenses. And, and so the Holy Spirit helps us. He's, he's the gatekeeper and he helps us. And he says, no, no, that, that, don't do that. Keep that out. Let that in. Uh, don't take that deal or don't associate yourself with those people. And so he helps us. Um, and we need to yield to him continually. See, self-control implies that a spirit-filled believer can control their desires. Self-control is self-mastery over a person or thing. So you master yourself over, you master yourself over a thing. You're able to master it. Um, it is inherent power over self. Unrestrained 
flesh indulges thyself. Thyself. Flesh, it's unrestrained. It indulges us, you. But a person walking in the Spirit has a power to control inner urges that a person walking in the flesh does not have. I remember last week, Lusani reminded us that um, in Exodus 20, uh, God said, You will have no other gods than me. You will worship no other god than me. And, and we can almost paint a picture, yes, I don't have any other gods, but you, you need to look at your life and, and, and check if that's true, and you don't worship other gods. And maybe you might say, because he compared uh, the true God versus the God of money. Which one are you worshipping? Uh, but I want to bring another one. And that other God that we have to be aware of, that is present in, in, in our life, is this God that's called self. Self. You can be your own God in many ways. It can be your own God. We need to be aware of, of, of this. We need to be awakened that actually you can be your own God. You can decide. You can, and God gives you the freedom to do that. He does that. He says, uh, uh, you know, today uh, I present life or death to you. Take my word and you have life. Don't take my word and death. He gives us the freedom. But we have the um, power to be our own gods in our self, in our, the way we live our lives, the way we think, the way we talk. We have the power to do that. And in essence, biblical self-control that we're talking about is the concentration of the power of the spirit toward the end of doing God's will. So self-control is everything altogether in life. Helping us to do God's will. So whatever God's will is in our lives, is, uh, the Holy Spirit helps us uh, through the fruit of the Spirit to do those things, to achieve those things. Uh, so the power that it gives us to be kind, to be loving, to be gentle, to be self-controlled, to, 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 uh, is all geared to the will of God, the Father, as He continues to transform us daily into the image and likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. And that happens, and then God gets the glory. He gets the glory, and we get to praise him because of his goodness. We were saying this morning, oh God, you are so good. You are so good. Why is he so good? Because he is good. And I can testify that he has done an amazing work. There's a, there a phrase that says that in this life, if the, uh, we will be faced with many sufferings, and yes, in this life, there will be suffering. There are suffering. There are things that we cannot explain. But God remains good. And I can only say that because the Holy Spirit has continued to work in me. I have seen His goodness. I have seen His mercy. I have seen His love. I cannot but say, God, you are still good. Irrespective of what's happening and what's going on in my life, I can still testify and say, Father, you are still good. You are still good. So the question at this point I need to ask is, do you have control over your temper? 
the rhetorical question that you must ask, answer inside. Do you have self-control over your temper? See, spirit-filled believers have the power to overcome their anger because they operate in the power of the spirit. You're angry, but you've got the power to um, hold back your anger and respond rather than react by lashing out. So how's your life? How are you dealing with uh, perhaps your staff? Or how are you dealing with your family? Um, uh, I don't speak as though I am perfect. I'm still a work in progress. I know that family is probably the closest thing that get to know who you truly are. And man, often I've got to be reminded, uh, help me, Father, <laughs> repent. I'm sorry about that. Um, but because God is working in me and I'm allowing him to do that, so he helps me. And forgiveness is just there. It's present. Uh, and so my anger, my, my way, the way that I handle my, myself, is an area that needs to be, you can quickly gauge where, where you're at. How are you responding or are you reacting? When something happens, are you responding or are you reacting? And it's easier said than done. Yes, I know. I know. And often we're we in, the, in this lovely country and we talk about uh, road rage. How do you react? <laughs> How do you respond when someone just cuts you off or whatever the case might be? Uh, um, much better much better see uh, Proverbs 16.32 reminds us that he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty the mighty I'm slow to anger I'm better than the mighty what? this is what the word says and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city we think that um, or should I say remember Joseph Joseph exercised self-restraint, self-control in the presence of his brothers after they chucked him, after they did all they did to him. And then there they were uh, in, in uh, kind of, he was, he was the, the main man and he was able to have self-control in the way they reacted towards them. He could have slapped them, you know, left, right and center. His anger, he could have responded to uh, um, he, to the way they, they treated him. He could have reacted. So no responded. He responded. He could have reacted. Ah, oh, you guys did this. I will show you. I, I am, I've got power. I will, I will show you. I will show you. But a, a self, I mean, a spiritual believer is able to, to um, exercise self-control, even though perhaps the situation um, justifies him to, be angry and to react in a way that he should react. But that can only happen because of the Holy Spirit. Um, there's a lot more, but I, I just want to say this. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It cannot be exhibited through you and I if we're not yielding to the Spirit. The key is you've got to be yielded to the Spirit. But God is gracious and He helps and He does what He needs to do so that He can get the glory and we can praise the Father. And as we do that, we all benefit. We all benefit. We get, we get to enjoy the, the glories that He has set before us. Now, 
I had a a fancy answer as to what's off control is. I said it's the concentration of power, power of the Holy Spirit toward the end of doing God's will in my life. God's will can only take place if the Holy Spirit is helping me. Because um, left to my own devices, the, 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 uh, God's will will not take place. My will will take place. The, the, the God called self will become more. But when I yield to him, he asked me to do this. And so we, be, we have been covering the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can feel like it's a bit laborsome. Like you've got you've to do this. You're not doing this. You're not loving. You're not. You're not uh, it's okay that you're not. But you've got to recognize that and go back to God and ask Him to help you to exhibit these qualities for Him. Not for us, we benefit, but it's for Him. But we also have to remember that we, as, as, as um, God's children, are God's children. And because we're God's children, we can do certain things. That the enemy comes and says, you can't do that. You don't have the power in you. He's right. You don't have. You can't do it by yourself. But you can do it through Christ. When you're weak in yourself, actually you're strong in Christ. I never understood that. But as I live out this Christian life, I've begun to see how this works. When I'm weak, when I don't want to pray, or I don't want to whatever, I am actually strong in Him. And so these fruits of the Spirit um, uh, characteristics that God is busy working through uh, and in us for the praise and glory of our King. Now Galatians um, 5 verse 16 is, uh, speaks about the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. The, you know, we talk about fire, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit which um, as I said is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, um, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We've spoken about that. But those are fruits from the Spirit. But they are fruits from our carnal self, the, the, the flesh. And this is what um, Galatians five sixteen says. The heading says, life by the Spirit. Life by the Spirit. Not life by Joe or Heinrich or life by the Spirit. It says, Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The desires of the sinful nature. So, the, the most kind of unsinful person in the world is still sinful. Um, verse 17 For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not, uh, sorry, you do, not do what you want. Remember, we are plucked from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But when he got plucked into the kingdom of light, it didn't, didn't just happen, didn't just change. There's still a, there was almost, they talk about baggage that you came, came with. And you need to get rid of that, uh, that, that stuff. But you cannot do that by yourself. Because inherently, like, the self wants to be God in this kingdom. 
But in the kingdom of, of light, we know who God is. And we've got to subject ourselves to him. We've got to praise no other God but him, the true, the living, true God. We've got to worship him and only him. And so um, it says in verse 18, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. It's, and to me, it sounds as though if you are not led, you'll go back right into the, into the law, law application. And so if you're not yielding to the Holy Spirit and His work is not, has been kind of stopped, you, your, your, your default mode is going back to the, um, the law. And then it speaks about the, the acts in verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. Jealousy is a big one. Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, selfish ambition. Remember self, 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 selfish ambition. So is it, uh, your ambition selfish? <laughs> Are they selfish? You work that out with God. Discord. Uh, I said jealousy. Fits of rage. Uh, dissension. And envy. Drunkenness. Orgies. And the like. And then he has this glorious statement we've been speaking about in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So actually, we cannot, you almost have, if you're going back into the law part of your life, you can see what Galatians 5, um, 16 says. You, you are trying to do things by yourself. You end up going in that direction. But you are led by the Spirit of God. You end up by exhibiting these fruits that give glory to Him and only Him. For He is faithful and then i'll hear someone say ah oh, but i can't because I, I don't have don't have the power yes you don't have the power but are you are you the son or daughter of uh, god the father yes you are then you can you can live uh, in the victory of what jesus has done on the cross you can live in the victory of what he's doing daily by by uh, transforming us into the image and likeness uh, of him you can you can it's not a self-motivation. It's not a motivation. It is the truth of the word of God. Those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. That's what uh, Romans 8.14 says. For as many are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. We are sons and daughters of God. And he is glorious. He is good. And it doesn't matter what it does. What's going on? But he still remains good. He still remains good. He still remains the father. Still remains loving. Still remains full of love, full of joy, full of grace. Oh, he still remains God. And that's a wonderful truth to grab hold of. And the reality is the flesh is forever fighting against the um, spirit. And whoever you give kind of control to is what will end up uh, ruling your life. Yield to the Holy Spirit and you exhibit the characters of, of Jesus Christ.
put a hold, a stop to his um, characteristics, the exhibiting of his fruits become that much more difficult. But God is still gracious. He says, I will help you. I will show you. I will lead you. I will do all these things with you. When you're down, actually you're up. When you look and there's nowhere else to turn and you turn to him, he just comes with open, open arms. Can I pray for us?